This is the Epilog audio experience. Sometimes I may come off as immature or childish. Uh, so be it. I don't care. I just want to play. I even had friends who were more ambitious than me. You know, speaking of professional sports, that also helps. You know, where you have role models. They don't have to be always Rahul Dravid's or Sachin Tendulkar's, but even people around you, even if they're a year or two older, they seem like heroes in your life. I, I see, Naga, I get tired of things. I get bored of things. No, no, I'm sure every listener can because it's part of probably a generation with the attention spans. I don't know what it is, but we get bored of things. We want to jump to something else. Just FOMO maybe, I don't know. Yeah, I did get a traditional job. I actually chased that traditional job. I, again, because people around me were doing it, I did it. Hello and welcome to the Passion People Podcast. You're listening to Season 2, Episode 18, Part 1. We found another episode where our conversations are so deep and uh, they've touched so many different topics that uh, we've decided to split this into two smaller episodes so you have some time to listen to it and process it and then take a look at the other episode the next fortnight. The reason uh, this is being done is twofold. The first one is because it'll help help you reflect on whatever has happened instead of consuming it all together. The second reason is because attention spans are decreasing. So we're not really sure how many people are listening to the entire episode. And breaking it down into two parts is one of the ways that we're trying to improve engagement. And this is this is one of the ways in which we're constantly trying to iterate and find out what is it that works with our listeners, which is you people. And so if you have your thoughts or any comments on how we're doing this over the last couple of episodes and how it will be done over the next couple of episodes, we'd love to hear from you. My apologies for having like a bad throat. So, uh, you know, but don't worry. The recording was done a couple of weeks ago. So the recording is just fine. For today's episode, we are in conversation with Raman Garimela, who is a super rounder And I'll wait I'll make you wait till the next episode to figure out what that is. But he's a national level cyclist who's right now studying sports sciences in Germany. Raman also wrote a book called Escape Velocity with another cycling enthusiast slash friend Gokul Krishna. And in today's episode, we dive into Raman's childhood, his engineering, how it shaped him, the podcast that he listens to, the podcast that I listen to, and so much more. I hope you enjoy listening to today's conversation. Let's dive right in. Raman, thank you so much for taking time to be on the Passion People podcast. I'm really excited to have you on the show. Thanks, Naga. Thank you very much. Do you want to do like a quick intro of yourself? Yeah. So my name is Raman. I'm actually, uh, uh, I'm from Hyderabad. I spent all my life in Hyderabad and then I moved to Goa to study. And now I live in Belgium. My professional journey has been engineering, sports science, and now a PhD I do research in cycling aerodynamics. That's my work. Uh, that's where I'm from. And I'm 30 years old. Okay. So for um, the, the, when we were preparing for our pre-interview and uh, when you were telling me your story, you told how uh, you had like a really interesting upbringing where uh, you, you did your engineering in Goa and you had some interesting role models and uh, and a lot of part, lot of the parts of the story that uh, I would want you to 
revisit for our listeners because uh, I, I I enjoyed that conversation with you so much. So can, mm-hmm. so can we maybe wind back the clock and uh, see how you you've got to where you are today? Yeah, uh, I think a big part of my identity is sports. I have all I can't imagine a week in you know ever since I was a child that I wasn't out playing. It could be you know it could be hide and seek or it could be any kind of colony sports or more competitive team or individual sports. Um, when I was growing up, I had a lot of army kids in my area. I grew up my my family wasn't in the army, but I was in that neighborhood where it was almost compulsory to go out and play and for me that was a big escape as well i just loved escaping home and playing and as i grew older even in high school i can remember when it was uh, so much peer pressure and pressure from family pressure from yourself to do iit prep and prepare for all these engineering entrance exams where you know it was not uncommon to hear people would be locked from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. just in their books and that does reward i mean there's no there's no denying that but i just couldn't imagine myself doing it and as luck may have it i all the places i went allowed me like even in that stressful time of iit prep uh, i remember we would do anything to get our one hour of football or table tennis and yeah when i went to goa i studied in goa i spent four years of uh, my engineering life there my all my friends were football friends and we were like most of us were in the university football team um we would train together no matter how bad uh, lifestyle choices were we would still always find time to play right after that i wanted to chase a childhood dream of becoming a professional athlete um it it's not like i had a very clear plan of what exactly i wanted to do and one thing led to another i i got into cycling and then i became a professional cyclist so i'm here to talk about that part of my life essentially where how cycling you know how how i got drawn to cycling and what i'm doing now to sort of give back to the cycling community through this book okay and uh, so before we get there ravan i i just wanted to uh, maybe dive a little bit deeper on uh, the importance of play right because in today's world i i see us all getting uh, sucked more and more into our uh, telephones and our netflix accounts and our tvs and what not so i i think it's really important that you mentioned about play and the kind of uh, inspiration or the motivation we have to go out and do that so in the uh, in in today's day and age uh, where we're more technologically inclined if given the opportunity would you still make the same choices and in that one hour would you still go out and play football instead of maybe playing on your phone or watching something yeah that's really hard to say especially for someone like me because uh, i i can't uh, i i am the kind who binge watches stuff i am the kind who you know who's sh- locked in my house over the weekend just you know watching all my youtube stuff or rewatching the show so it's very dangerous i agree i i really don't know how i'll react but i'm glad that I, i'm not growing up now because you know, just sweating and exercise that was just necessary for me and that is probably to uh, an extent which is not pleasant in the sense that i get cranky when i don't exercise or when i don't play um and that that might affect people around me yeah I, importance of play i can tell you on a personal note that i import the play and you know things like keeping the child alive uh, these are some things that i will never let go of and in, in exchange you know if 
sometimes I may come off as immature or childish. Uh, so be it. I don't care. I just want to play. Okay. So how did uh, how did your uh, childhood experiences or how how did the places where you grew up impact how you are or how you look at the world today? Yeah, I'll come back to the the play thing again. Um, because I was in a place where sports was such a big thing, and later I realized it's not everyone had it. Like people I speak to now of my age, not all of them had it. They may have you know grown up in city centers where space was limited. They may have been in apartment complexes where if you wanted to play cricket, let's say, you would actually have to go rent a field. I know that now, every time I come back to Hyderabad or Bangalore, it's it's hard to find a football pitch. It's always, you have to get into a WhatsApp group where people are waiting for 10 people to assemble so that you can then rent, uh, you know, a five-a-side football pitch. Uh, this never happened. This, this is indeed. This is these are barriers, right? You earlier you just step outside the door, you run to the ground, and that's it. That was it. Um, <laughs> again, uh, I think Naga, you and I uh, discussed this earlier that you are the average of the five people or whatever number of people that you surround yourself with. And in my case, at least three or four of those people used to be always playing or into sports. Or I even had friends who were more ambitious than me you know speaking of professional sports that also helps you know where you have role models they don't have to be always Rahul Ravids or Sachin Tendulkar's but even people around you even if they're a year or two older they seem like heroes in your life and in that sense my company and my role models as I was growing up uh, this I'm only talking about my childhood now have always told me that you have to get better at sports you have to you know keep doing sports enjoy it I go go to the next level as much as you can yeah got it got it and 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 that's so important right and uh, you know i totally agree with you on uh, the five people you hang out with part because it's something similar that i'm going through with the podcasting journey and it's so nice to have uh, similar or like-minded people around me and that that's really helped me sustain and uh, continue doing this as as a side project yeah i, I want to ask you a question what's your uh... I know we made this little joke about uh, the, the parallel in the podcasting world. You're the you're the average of the five podcasts you listen to. So, what does Naga? What does Naga from the Passion People podcast? Uh, what are your without offending anyone? What are your five? If you'd like to name names, what five podcasts do you listen to? So, I listen to Indian Noir, which is a fantasy fiction uh, podcast based out of India. I listen to Mytho Fiction, which is again similar. I listen to Musafir stories, which is travel stories of India. I'm I'm just starting Reply All by Gimlet. Okay. And I found that really nice. I listen to the A16Z podcast because I'm interested in the investing space. So A16Z is the podcast by the VC firm Andreessen Horowitz. Okay. And uh, okay. so what they do is they take each week's news and they dissect it. And they talk about how uh, a particular news element would impact business or how it would impact venture capital investing. And they also generally talk about cutting-edge technologies, which I find really, uh, really nice and interesting as well. Yeah, that seems like a healthy mix. Uh, it's not one-dimensional, your list. Right, right. And I also listen to The Economist because I don't, uh, I, I don't have the patience to read it. So I, I, I listen to specific articles that I like. So if you have the app, 
you can actually listen to the economist some of the articles of the economist ah. so that's that's another a large part of my audio consumption i have become wary of this thing now because i have a feeling i can't be fully sure i have a feeling that my my audio consumption or my my ears consume more podcasts than colleagues or friends you know on the whole during mm-hmm. the work uh, during during the week because of commute or because when i'm doing the dishes or when i'm just driving so i'm now wary of choosing your friends so to speak because these these can become like i i still think i'm quite an impressionable guy so uh, just to give an example i listen to it's my all, my all time favorite comedian bill burr he has a podcast he's been doing it for i don't know 9 11 years now every week he puts out two podcasts and he talks about nothing in specific he's just ranting about his day or week or sports or you know political correctness whatever it is but i started noticing that his was the only podcast i listened to and i started swearing a lot more in my real life because he swears <laughs> a lot of f bombs and you know unnecessary swearing so yeah i should start seeking out recommendations uh, like we used to know earlier what show are you watching or what uh, book are you reading absolutely and uh... I have to say this now that you've brought it up. I I was speaking to uh, someone uh, last week, and they they told me a theory of the homogenization of the world. Mm. So essentially, what he said was, we're watching the same stuff, we're listening to the same music, we're reading the same news, we are plugged into the same social networks. Mm. So because of the food we give our brain, this so similar, mm-hmm. we're all going to be thinking and doing the same things, and that is why. Uh, i think whatever you brought up is so important so that you can have the diversity of thought you can have someone who disagrees with something that you say you have someone or some place from where you keep getting new ideas or different thoughts and opinions which are 360 degrees different from the world that you live in because uh, facebook recommends stories to you based on what you've already browsed you get ads based on what you've already visited yeah. you get music recommendations based on what you've already listened to or what you've liked so uh, there's this huge uh, i guess algorithmic echo chamber that gets created mm-hmm. and uh, it's so important that you know we keep our brain food uh, aptly curated <laughs> yeah man and actually that brings me to perfect segue it brings me back to sports because uh, i when i moved back from goa to hyderabad this is where i started cycling i went to a local cycling club and do you want to talk about your journey your time before you went to goa and how how goa was i really like that part okay. of a conversation as well sure 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 yeah now i was just going to say sports just gets you in touch with people who are not necessarily like you um yeah right right anyway yeah so sorry you were asking about uh, in goa before goa and then in goa so you were telling us about your iit experience and how there's a lot of pressure at home uh, to you know study and do well and how uh, football was this release for you yeah 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 i might be coming off coming across as you know one of those meathead football fans but football is actually quite an important english football especially because i've watched it for god knows now 14 15 years and i've supported one club and that's a source of it's a source of something for me you know i i support this club called arsenal um and you go through the highs and lows as a football supporter uh so football you know it had watching football was one aspirational part of it but also playing football i i turned out good at football it's still one of my first loves not cycling football was one of my first loves but what happened what happened later i think i i see naga i get tired of things i get bored of things and 
I think I got I can totally I can 100% relate to what no, you're saying no, trust I'm me I'm sure every listener can because it's part of probably a generation with the attention spans I don't know what it is but we get bored of things we want to jump to something else just FOMO maybe I don't know uh but I was uh uh starting to see that team sports are no, no longer a function of you alone it's it's a function of all your other teammates what their day has been like what their mood is like Uh, they may not be as invested in this as you are because after all we were just playing for the university right we weren't professionals who had contracts who were obligated to uh do a fine job we were just there and it was like a whole range of you know someone just dropped in just for fun or someone made it their life uh so i wanted to yeah i thought cycling was a lot more it reflects your effort you know what you put in you see you train you get faster you go longer and nobody else is there except you who's responsible for that be it you know for the rewards or for the failures yeah right and i i guess there's also a parallel there to uh, working out right because it's also a, like a fairly immediate feedback loop where you're working out and you can see are, are you getting better are you getting leaner are you able to do more push-ups or pull-ups and uh, that's the same thing we're talking about in cycling as well yeah yeah absolutely um although i i think this is true for literally anything the the curve the improvement you see in the beginning is a lot more than you know, everything gets boring after a while everything becomes work after a while so that's yeah but but if you're addicted to that uh if you want to see uh going f- let's say yeah going to going from 80 to 90% of your ability uh is easier than going from let's say 90 to 95% that it gets that increment becomes i don't know it's probably exponential or god knows what it's really really hard to uh see that but you're right in the beginning when you pick up any hobby any workout any sport one of the greatest rewards is just seeing improvement and that that also can be addictive no because you jump from hobby to hobby because you're addicted to seeing seeing that growth absolutely and uh, i guess there's two ways of looking at this right the uh, one way of looking at it is uh, saying that uh, you know you you really like looking at and learning about new things the second way is looking at it from a i i can't go from that 90 to 95% so i'm just leaving this and trying something else and uh, i guess that's where we all have to figure out whether uh, you know we've found or whether we're pursuing something that we're going to invest in the long term like kind of like what you did with cycling instead of you know you could have just bounced around with a bunch of sports but you finally settled down somewhere yeah i think what worked in my favor was that i started at a very late age i started at 21 22 uh ideally if you want to get uh, really really like world class good at any sport you should start you know based on the sport you should start in your pre teens or mid teens or late teens and i you know i was studying for iit and uh, entrance exams at that point so i didn't get to do that but i managed to do well enough for myself in the indian scene uh, even though i started quite late uh, speaking of these uh, speaking of moving from you know topic to topic I, i i saw this book on your bookshelf ranged right i was it on your bookshelf 
yes yeah. yes it was and uh, you have taken you have taken whatever i'm going to say right from me so <laughs> i'll allow you to continue no i, I it's on my list I, i have the ebook i think i read the first two chapters uh, uh-huh. how far have you got have you have you finished it or you have to start i am also uh, i've passed the second chapter so i guess we are both in the same place where he's talking about uh, you know uh, tiger woods versus uh, you know who's that federer oh, totally federer. forgotten Yeah, Tiger Tiger Woods versus Roger Federer, yeah. right? Where Federer was playing a lot of these other sports, and then Tiger Woods was just one one of those things. So I wanted to tell you that uh, you know I kind of disagree with you that you need to start really early to uh, to be world class good in something. Yeah, But yeah. Uh, I guess range for anyone who is listening in and who is interested in like developing like a broad, well rounded personality, I think range is a must read for them. Yeah, I have it for a completely other reason. I got the book just to reconfirm. Um, or sort of validate what i do i as i'll tell you i i tried out a different i i i tried a variety of jobs and sectors and i'm yet to nail one down and i sort of i wanted to confirm uh, validate my career choices and that's why i got that book isn't that what the book says the book says like it's the, it it tells you the the merits of being a generalist uh, rather than being a specialist right absolutely and uh, it's so interesting that you mentioned this because that's the exact same reason why i yeah. bought the book as well and i have like a very broad uh, palette mm. of interests and uh, so there's this concept called transfer where you can take uh, something you learn from one domain or uh, area of expertise and you can apply it in a totally different context in mm. a totally new place yeah and uh, uh, so and i can see that i can actually more than see i can actually experience that happening with myself and uh, and it's also a nice way to tell yourself that you're going in the right direction right because you need some kind of external validation to tell you that it's okay whatever you're doing it's fine because you're becoming a generalist and a book says that you can be a generalist yeah, it's a good yeah. thing so i guess coming back to uh, your iit days right so what what happens next i actually did quite well i don't know if you can tell but i'm a smart guy i'm a, i'm from a, i come from a family <laughs> of uh, engineers as most people around me did Yeah I did I loved maths I, I just I actually loved that challenge as well and probably playing on the side always kept me sane enough to do you know the work required for these uh, entrance exams so I did quite well I could have I could choose from uh, I don't know maybe five or six good top choice uh, colleges and I eventually went to Bits Goa um okay yeah and I didn't I, I dread the concept of having to repeat or do the same thing again. You know what I mean? Dropping a year to to do IIT or another exam. Does that happen in uh, in your area, Mysore, Karnataka? Of course, it happens in CA a lot, ah, yeah. right? Because uh, your uh, exams are in critical paths to completion of the course, and uh, if you don't pass, then you're uh, you're you're done. and 6 months of your life is poof you're gone and then you rewrite the exam and you keep doing that over and over again yeah i wasn't i wasn't going to so do that. <laughs> i i can no, understand no, no. yeah okay so so you chose uh, the best college that you had or was there any particular reason that you you wanted to go to goa now when i want to tell a good story i'll probably say that because it's goa i went there <laughs> back then it was because for some reason i think i had a cousin that i was um, that i looked up to and he did mechanical engineering as did his father 
at the time my father had passed away just then and if he were around maybe he would have a you know strong opinion one way or the other but my mom the angel that she is she kind of left me to decide you know that's that's very unlike parents that you let the kid decide almost 100% so yeah i had this cousin who who did mechanical engineering and thought if i wanted to mechanical engineering and on paper which is the best place and then this sounds like a good college we should go there but when i went there man i <laughs> studies were hardly part of my agenda i mean goa is goa right the, the weather beaches and the, all the people that were there that was really refreshing okay care to elaborate yeah because you have uh, you you get if if i had stayed in my hometown i'm only going to meet people from my hometown most likely right Right. 9 out of 10 would be people from my hometown but moving out and you know staying on a campus plus bits has this whole merit thing right there's no reservations nothing so you just got the smartest people from everywhere from everywhere all over india and then that also like teaches you internalizes lessons in tolerance and networking uh making friends you know how to live together and how to work together uh, absolute fun i think what i'll take away from that college is just the network it's not the lessons or not i i can't even there's maybe two or three professors that will stay in my memory maybe one book that will stay in my memory the network you build both your immediate best friends that you make for life or even the extended you know linkedin networks <laughs> because there's just so much talent around you not just in books there were singers there were sports people there's always someone better at whatever you were doing and that was great okay and uh, was everyone also very academically inclined or were were they more laid back because it was uh, uh, where the location is ah the location hmm now i i think some people might lead you to believe that you know goa messes you up and you shouldn't go to study in goa because of alcohol or drugs but that's not true at all like temptations are everywhere like people get drawn to temptations everywhere and you know my my batch was no different they were were they academically gifted yeah some of them were exceptionally gifted and they're doing like wonderful things in research uh in industry but they were also slackers like me who just managed last minute stuff they would just uh some because you know at the end of the day we were there because we cleared certain you know hurdles or whatever right and we if we could do it once we could do it again yeah passing exams uh was a it was a little bit of a rush around exams time but not everybody was always you know bookish or whatever right that's hmm I like the I like the part where you said that you know I got to meet people who are not from my hometown right and I think that ties in nicely with our diversity of thought conversation that we were having earlier yeah yeah <clears throat> right and so yeah. what happens after uh, after after you graduate from here so do you, do you get like a traditional job and you know, where do you get into cycling yeah I did get a traditional job I actually chased that traditional job I, again because people around me were doing it i did it um I, w- i also was looking at i don't know i think it was mba or something mba i was looking at mba so okay. i was actually really bad at interviews 
and probably I was, you know, way too honest or candid than required. But I was what, clear. What, wait, wait, I have to stop you here. What kind of yeah. stuff were you telling in these interviews? Oh man, I'll tell you an anecdote. <laughs> but <laughs> first, yeah. So, so I would clear the, the every interview had an aptitude round and an interview round, right? Right. Aptitude, I would be in like whatever top one percent, five percent, whatever it takes. But in the interviews, I would, you know, if I didn't know something, I would say I don't know, which is fine. But then probably it was the way I said it. I for a fun anecdote, I went to this MBA interview where they said, "So why should we take you or something like that? Why should why should we uh, give you an MBA seat in our college?" Okay. And I think I said uh, <laughs> because. I think it's, it's so embarrassing, man. Even now, I think I said because wherever I go, I fit into a groove, and that groove is more often than not above average. I'm always <laughs> above average, is what I said. <laughs> Later, I realized these are not skills. Uh, this is not definitely not a skill that you'd like to show anywhere. There are thoughts that you keep to yourself, and then there are answers that you polish in. I, I'm sure that same sentence, that same uh, sentiment, could have been. Packaged very differently, right? Yeah, yeah. There's all, there's a bit of short selling as well. Like I used to do that quite a lot. Yeah. Now with the book, I'm I'm learning not to do that. Absolutely. So, uh, but so what happened? So you wrote your GMAT and then you got admitted, and due to, this is what happened during the interview process, is it? Yeah, this is the interview. I didn't get admitted in a lot of places. I think I gave. I have an Excel sheet somewhere. More than twenty interviews, and I got. I got through two, one or two of them, oh, uh, wow. which was, yeah, which is a huge blow to my ego, if you can imagine. <laughs> I can totally imagine. Yeah, yeah. So one of them, one of the interviews I cleared was indeed a traditional job in Hyderabad. Okay. In software. I had no background of coding, but then they thought this was something I could pick up. Uh, I tried, I did, yeah, I, I spent about eight months or something in that first job, but then I had this sort of quarter life crisis where I thought this job is wasting my time. I should do something else, and that something else happened to be cycling. Uh, uh, just to elaborate on the on the quarter life crisis thing, I think it's something that we've all gone through and we are going through. Yeah. and it's also a nice. Uh, uh, it, it, I think it's a nice opportunity for me to also tell you as well as my listeners that uh, there's a, there's a podcast on adulting that I'm going to be bringing out by the end of the year. Oh wow! So. So, so, do you think that there are uh, specific things that you wish you knew when you were at that age, or even stuff that you wish you knew now, but you wanted to know them earlier? But what what would one or two of these things be? I probably could have negotiated some kind of uh, part time day job rather than going quitting all the way. Um, okay. And yeah, I mean, because when I picked up cycling, it it wasn't an eight hour job. It was, you know, a few, some days could be six hours, some days could be 30 minutes based on your training plan, based on how busy you are. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I could have, you know, made more contacts, you know, worked on different skills uh, while doing cycling. So in hindsight, maybe I could have negotiated a part-time job with the same multinational. Uh, another thing I wish, your question was what did... What do you, what did I wish I knew? Right, or what do you wish you know now also? Right, what do you what did you want to know earlier that you know now? One you you mentioned about the short selling part and uh, how you're doing differently with the book. 
now you're mentioning about you know negotiating figuring out a way to keep your job while you were uh, pursuing your passion for cycling is there anything else or are there a couple of other things that you wish you knew that uh, knew these things earlier that I maybe they would have put you on a path quicker or on a different path altogether yeah yeah sure i i probably could have uh, persisted with fundraising because uh, as an athlete in that kind of sport there's not a lot of immediate sponsors you have to seek them yourself and it was only in one of the years that i did it but i could have been smarter in you know using my network and you know telling that story and telling sponsors more cleverly what was in it for them you know yeah that's something i could have used which i know now yeah hey guys thanks for tuning into the show we appreciate you taking the time out for this if you like what you heard please share this with a few friends and leave a review rating on your favorite podcaster this will help more people learn about the podcast until next time this is krithika from the passion people podcast wishing you a wonderful week ahead stay passionate cheers